This just in. Monsters from beyond the stars. Gateways to another world. Are we safe? Are our Pokemon safe? Cameraman Chris, what are your thoughts on this unprecedented pandemic of monstrosities from another dimension? Well, it seems that we have monsters big and small, bugs and endless insatiable monsters coming through wormholes and consuming everything. It's pandemonium all over the Pokemon world, Lucas. I think one of them looks like a Christmas tree. Well, St. Nicholas ain't gonna save us now. Oh no, what's Pikachu gonna do? Yeah, okay, we're, we're cut, cut the radio broadcast. I gotta say, love doing that voice. It's so much fun to just go, danger beyond the stars. Or using that voice to say like, quit, go to the grocery store, get egg. Very old-timey, old-timey news voice kind of gets your uh, day the earth stood still vibes on. It just makes me feel happy that if you do the voice, you could say anything hilarious. Ah, my tax returns. They're late. Like, it, it's just fun to do. <laughs> Everything sounds like news when you talk like Everything that. Everything sounds like news. I must use the bathroom. Tune in, folks. Like, no, just, uh, I love it. This just in. We're out of milk. <laughs> but it does bring up those old radio shows. And a lot of times those old radio shows talked about monsters and demons and what have you from beyond the stars it was one of the things back in the day mm -hmm. and the ultra beasts are kind of like that right like that's what i think yeah about. i mean except not so much from the stars that's a little bit more deoxys this is a little bit more multiversey. yeah yeah so we're let's dip our toes in like that marvel dc multiverse nonsense let's, let's get into that i mean it was requested and it's a good way to talk about the ultra beast because we haven't talked about i mean maybe you've talked about uh hashtag nihi gang but <laughs> Uh, with with jellyfishes, big but, number, big damage. Yeah. We've talked about we've talked about Nihi, but we haven't really given the other ones their moment. No, we haven't. No, we haven't. All right. Well, I'm veteran Lucas. He's cameraman Chris. Let's get started. All right, Lucas. Why don't you hit me with some science news? Cool. In science news. I'm terribly let down by evolution. I'm a little upset because apparently, according to one study that was published March 29th, humans and a bunch of other vertebrate animals have the genetic toolkit to produce venom, like oral venom. Like we actually had, they took a study on snakes and they were able to compare it to a bunch of other organisms with venom and organisms without it. So there is a very specific protein called calicreans. Now, calicreans are a kind of protein that digest other protein and are secreted in saliva. And many, many venoms use this protein. Humans are capable of expressing the gene that has that protein. So we actually have everything we need to produce venom. We just don't. Is the calicreen in, like, in saliva for breaking down protein like does that assist in digestion like is that what we use it for i would believe so it doesn't go into too much detail on what it uses in humans although apparently one of the effects of its expression is drops in blood pressure which is just like oh okay that's neat well yeah i mean that's that's venom yeah uh, what's what people don't realize about venom is it's not like one toxin it's it's a bunch of different proteins working together so it's not like oh we have all the proteins we need we have the genetics needed to create the organs needed to produce the proteins and all of that stuff combined. Like it's, it's like we have the kitchen to make the cake, 
but now we just need instructions. The only reason you're gonna get Venom is that you're gonna be naturally selected to protect yourself or put down your prey. Humans don't really need to evolve that. Most animals already have another way of going about it. And the tricky thing about Venom is that if an animal doesn't use it, if it's not being used properly in the process of natural selection, then it's probably just going to go away. If you don't need it, why bother? It's It consumes too much energy to produce these proteins. If you don't use it, you lose it. Exactly. Like Unless, unless you're riding a bicycle. That's apparently the one thing in this universe you can't forget. You can forget how to make a cake. You can forget how to produce venom, but you can't forget how to ride a bicycle. And I find that odd. All the song verses I can pull out of my head after 10 years of not listening to it would also suggest that that's a miracle. I guess, yeah, I know. That's the weirdest thing. You should be able to remember how to do CPR the first time you do it. No, I can ride a bike with no handlebars. No handlebars. No handlebars. <laughs> I'm a little glad that humans don't have venom because that's like, I like, we don't... We don't need it. We don't need another way to be deadly. Dude, we're Americans. It's not about need. It's about want. <laughs> All right. Well, do you have anything else with the, with the science-y news? Honestly, I can't top the fact that we missed out on Venom. We missed out on Venom. Maybe in a different multiverse. Aha. 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 There you go. What do you got on Pokemon news? Again, the game world is a little dry. Yeah, the game world's a little dry. Luckily, Pokemon Go is, like, churning out events like no other. Mm -hmm. But there is a community day coming up. We talked about it last time, so I won't go too much. But it is Snivy, and it is this Sunday, because we're releasing Friday. Oh, gotcha, so gotcha, it's gotcha. April 11th, this Sunday. Big thing is that it's a three, three times Stardust catch bonus. So if you pop a star piece, that means it's times six Stardust, so you can get a lot of Stardust. Mm-hmm. Community days are always great. I'm glad that we're finally getting uh, we're getting that that set of starters there there due. Um, and also, I just need another frenzy plant user because I love tearing up Great League with frenzy planters. Hey, I'm on Dodd's I'm on Don's side. I think we should somehow find the ability to get to contrary, so I can just click one button when I use my superior. Well, in Pokemon Go, you just click one button. You just tap your screen over and over. But Don's right. He there's something special about throwing something with contrary on the field. Like, can you imagine the damage it can do now if you were to throw it at a Corviknight? Like, imagine throwing, like, any sort of status thing against a Corviknight to bounce back on you and get stronger. That sounds mm. great. Yeah. Love that. Well, and then, but then won't Corviknight just, like, brave bird it to hell? I mean, yeah, but, like, <laughs> it'll be shocked at first. Oh, right, there's no hidden power fire. Ooh. Oh, that's not good. <laughs> Never mind. I changed my... I don't want to go back. <laughs> well, in in lieu of other Pokemon news, I guess we'll take this time to say that we, on Friday, we did our first stream of Pokemon Snap that we've been talking about. Uh, and we had some good turnout from some of our fans. Mm -hmm. uh, and it was a lot of fun dig, uh, dig, dusting off that old game. Yeah, I know. We, we, we hit a lot of animals with apples. Like, a lot. <laughs> It's it's apple shaped food. Mm, uh, yeah, right. It's not. It's apple shaped. According to the game, apples are trademarked, and Professor yeah. Oak is an idiot. 
<laughs> these apple-shaped Pokemon food. Or or Pokemon won't eat apples, but they will eat, or they, they can't eat apples, but they want to. And so they just shaped all their food to look like it. It's odd. Also, with all the pepper balls, the the, pest, the pester balls are just pepper balls that we're throwing at these poor animals. Yeah. Oh, my God. What? I mean, in this day and age, in a world where we are constantly scrutinizing uh, police brutality, I think it's really weird that we're like, oh, my gosh, these, are, these conditions, we need to start working on them. Quick, grow the pepper balls at that Pokemon. Like, again, it, it's a bit too close to home. It's It was very – but by and large, playing playing that game was fun. I think we may have overestimated uh, how long it was. Yeah, I think we did. T- it turns out we are a lot smarter than we were when we were seven. <laughs> yeah, uh, but we still have. We're still going to be streaming on Friday. But I am pretty. Co- I'm fairly confident we're probably going to beat it this week. Mm-hmm. But we've committed to streaming every Friday leading up to Pokemon Snap. So luckily, I was able to to dig through my old N64 games. I was able to find Pokemon Stadium. Ooh, it's going to be fun. So if we do beat it, we will have two weeks of, I'm not going to say filler game because Pokemon Stadium isn't a filler. No. Uh, but we will have two weeks of some other retro Pokemon games to stream stream for you all. So we encourage you all to please come out. Lucas is going to drop the uh, the info in the in the show description. Or you can find my Twitch, uh, Prickles and Thorns. Uh, and just come out on Fridays at nine. It was a lot of fun. I'm assuming it's going to be a lot of fun going forward, but Pokemon snap this week. We'll see how it goes. If it'll either be that the next week or we'll be doing Pokemon stadium. Yep. Yep. Again, if we can't, if we can't play Pokemon snap and snap pictures, we'll play Pokemon stadium and snap bones. (laughs) That's, that's it. (laughs) All right. Let's, let's go. Let's get to the topic. this This is a deep one. It sounds like. All right, Lucas, you're going to learn me some things about the multiverse. Ah, uh, people, all our fans, you are so lucky I love you all because multiverse studying gives me a headache. <laughs> it's, it, it is deep. It is deep, 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 deep. I mean, the first people who started talking about the idea of a multiverse were the ancient Greeks. Like the idea of there being more than one collective universe that besides our own is not new. The idea has been through every aspect of science, multiple religions, philosophy, and what most people are familiar with, almost any form of science fiction has some kind of multiverse thing somewhere in it. And there are those who take a, a scientific view of it, who study all forms of physics and all sorts of, for lack of a better word, space stuff. Yeah. Like who out, who get the chance to study all these scientific points of view. But then they're the people who take the more spiritual approach to see it as like the higher being for their soul or their whatever they consider their inner self to be to rise when they die or to move past to another dimension. Again, for the science stuff, it's people trying to use quantum mechanics to find a different universe, which to me, I'm an animal guy. Like, I can't even begin to put this stuff together. But the idea is pretty straightforward if you really dumb it down. Yeah. So the idea of a multiverse is that when a universe is constructed, that the construction of that universe at the very beginning can alter. The physics or the rules of that universe are set and adjusted. For us, it's the laws of thermodynamics. What goes up, what goes up must come down. Every action equally opposite. Yada, 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 blah, blah, blah. But yeah. if there's a multiverse, 
if there's a multiverse, there's this idea that the universes can be follow different rules. There could be one where there is no gravitational force, or it's just completely out of our conceptual view. Again, humans aren't built to even think past the third dimension. And humans are currently still trying to go through and see, oh, is there a universe beyond our universe? Do you remember an old episode of Futurama? I remember all the Futuramas. <laughs> but the professor keeps creating alternate universes within boxes? Yes. And there's like, there's one where everyone's crab people. There's one where the only difference between the worlds is the results of a coin flip. Mm -hmm. Again, very simplified, dumbed down version, but also a very fun explanation. Yeah, and that's the thing too. Any of those, using that Futurama episode, those would be like the easy way of seeing the multiverse. That's how science fiction sees yeah. the multiverse. It's like, oh, yeah. it's like ours, but a little different. No, imagine a universe where there's completely different elements where there's completely yeah. different rules. Like, that's what's scary to me, is that if there's a multiverse, it's not just like, oh, hey, there's Lucas as a blonde. Weird. It's like, oh, hey, this dimension has, like, fire in the sky, and the crabs are the molecules that make up what's called oxygen here. Like, yeah. it's crazy to me. At this yeah. point, proving we can't even prove that there is a multiverse. It is as scientifically possible as proving the existence of a god. You're asking people to observe the unobservable. And there are people trying. There are people spending thousands and millions of dollars trying to prove that there is something else out there besides our own universe. For me, I think that research should go to studying our own universe. Because we already have the one. We can barely, we can't even get out of one solar system. Like we can barely get past our own planet. I feel like the money is better spent there than trying to find a new universe. Heck, it's better looking at wormholes than it is for finding another universe. But that's just but me. What if, but what if we find another un, another universe where they already are able to get outside their solar system and that's how we get the tech? Okay, okay. Hear me out now. That's not how science works. It's it's like, um. so I had a buddy of mine. Um, he was looking up. He was just scrolling through Facebook and he found a bunch of people saying that the Megalodon was still alive. And he, he was a paleontologist. So he said like, oh, so here's the evidence as to why. And people came at him saying, how dare you ruin the idea? What if it's deeper down? What if there's a pocket? What if? When it comes to science, the burden of proof has to be on the person trying to prove something. We can't just say, if I say we have no evidence of a multiverse, someone can't go and say, prove to me that there isn't a multiverse. I can't do that. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a logical fallacy. Yeah. You're trying, you cannot disprove a negative like that. So anytime someone says like, oh, you're ruining it. I'm not ruining science. Science just isn't fun sometimes. But to me, like going to the ultra beast. Like, the Ultra Beasts seem weird to me because they're supposed to come from other dimensions, other multiverse, but they seem to, like, work by our universe's rules as well. Yeah. Like, they're not, like, too terribly different from Pokemon. They just kind of, they're just from another dimension. Yeah. But they still, they know all the same attacks. They can do a few different things. They have HP. They have the ability to be affected by our universe. Some of them breathe. Like, again, they still follow the same physical rules of the Pokemon universe. So what if we are not punching through different multiverses, but we're just punching through somewhere across the universe? Because that would make more sense. 
Because if you're punch, if there's another part of the universe where the atmosphere, everything is completely different, that makes more scientific sense. It's not as fun, but it makes more sense to me that Lunastra and Sogalia are punching holes across the universe as opposed to punching holes through dimensions. I feel like what would have been a cool, granted, this it, they'd already introduced a lot of these things, so it wouldn't have happened. But what would have been cool is if the beasts came through and they were like, it was the introduction of new types. You know, like they were the only of those types coming through. That or yes, or the ability contrary mm -hmm. wasn't in the game yet, and so they came through, and all the the way that our universe or this Pokemon universe worked like didn't work the same way on them. Mm -hmm. You know, I think. Uh, like, oh, what if there was um an ability that switched type weaknesses? Yeah, like so for them, a water move is super effective against a grass type. Yeah. But the reverse is also true. Yeah. Like, just something to kind of, like, flip the, the the laws of nature in the Pokemon world, you know? Mm-hmm. Just, just kind of get that feel. Yeah, they're supposed to be from other dimensions. Why are they playing by our rules? Yeah. Although I do like the idea that in this universe, one of their starting groups is a poison type. And so I want to know what the other ones are. <laughs> because if we again this is assuming that they play by the same rules as us but for whatever reason the starters in this pokemon universe have to be grass fire water mm -hmm. so if that if that holds true in the other one and poison is one of them is it like poison steel and ground i was thinking poison bug rock just random oh, if someone starts up a bug starter mm -hmm. oh no hey someone's Poor gotta bug. Poor buddy. Oh, granted, but if that starter became Buzzswole, okay. Yeah, I mean, exactly. Uh, the old, I think, we, honestly, we're kind of already dipping into the Pokemon stuff. Let's just go to the rest of the Ultra Beasts. Good. Well, we already brought a Buzzswole, so why don't you start with that? Buzzswole is my favorite of the Ultra Beasts. Can you tell why? Because he's a giant ripped mosquito. He is... Je I called my Buzzwold Florida man. I always do. He is Jack beyond jacked. He knows it. He's flexing all the time. Even in the anime, I see a few clips, and even if I don't watch it, the man is strutting. The man is beast. He puts the man puts the beast in Ultra Beast. My God, the man is shredded. The man's is shredded. It's all it's all that blood he's drinking. <laughs> Again, I feel he's from the Florida dimension. I feel like there's just a dimension of Florida Pokemon. Yeah, and he's probably one of the starters. Like he's just oh no no. Like does does he evolve? No, he was born perfect. He came out of the egg perfect. <laughs> yeah, but he is based on a mosquito, and I really got to give props to the Pokemon creators for making a mosquito people didn't automatically hate. People don't like mosquitoes. They are amongst the most hated creatures on this earth. I am their number one hater. Yeah, there's a lot. There actually are a few biologists I've run into who actually do quite like them. Male mosquitoes are known for their ability to pollinate. Yet the second you tell anybody, mosquitoes can do good too, there come the pitchforks and the screaming and the beatings. No one wants to hear that. What people do want to hear, sadly, is that mosquitoes kill more people than any other animal on earth and that includes other humans what do you do you know do you know the number ah the last time i checked about i see one million per year yeah like something it's million yeah around that that was it one million a year die from mosquito related instances now you can name all the wars all the conflicts all the brutality that happens amongst humans versus humans 
but the mosquitoes carry disease and are everywhere. And that's what makes them so efficient. They're not trying to kill us. That's just something that happens when they carry so many diseases from person to person. They are the perfect vector for any number of parasites, and they kill so many people every year. Uh, the fact that they live on every continent except Antarctica doesn't help. But buzzwool is supposed to be able, like the same. Like you said, these are the pidgey of these world. This is the caterpie of this world. Like the, Imagine going through the grass like, oh boy, off to the Viridian Forest. Buzzwool cracks a tree and just stares at you menacingly. Oh my god. Oh wait, I have a I have a question for for science. Yeah. So the Pokédex says that they are highly prevalent in their dimension. Mm-hmm. How do they know that? Hmm. I feel like okay. So hear me out. I think what happened is when you're done with the game off screen, your kid is tasked and paid with going to the dimensions and observing them very quickly. I mean, if you have a dimension hopping lion or bat. I'd kind of use it for that. Yeah, well, but like that, you said after the game, when you register, when you catch it in the game, it pops up and it says they're highly prevalent. They just sent a drone. I honestly feel like, <laughs> what did they just send? It? They just kicked a drone and let's see what happens. I just, I just, I just derailed the conversation. I think that would be really fun to go to like some big Pokemon scientist presentation. Like they are the most common of bug types and they're what just goes, oh uh, yeah. How do you know? Just see him sweat. <laughs> Security! Hey, kid, have a Pokedex. Like, thanks. <laughs> answer the question. <laughs> okay, so aside from giant buff mosquitoes, we do have Guzzlord. And this thing, that's your thing. This thing looks like something out of your horror, not mine. Giant monster eater. It devour devourer of worlds and buildings. And apparently it doesn't poop. Yeah, it does not poop. Well, that kind of... So we'll get into the horror aspect of it too, but... I do think that in terms of science, now I am not, uh, I, I, you might be able with your, with what you've looked up to talk about it more than I am. Uh, but because the shiny is also all white, I get uh, black hole and white hole vibes from it, from the idea of it consuming everything. And that, I mean, that would be probably most likely like one of the inspirations is just this unyielding appetite to consume. I think it would yeah. be funny to see the white hole. The, the, the shiny one. Oh, what's it doing? It's just constantly vomiting. Like, <laughs> <laughs> that's everything Guzzlord eats just comes out of the shiny. Yeah, just, and it's not even like vomit. It's just like, is that, is that the Chrysler building? Like it just vomits out like random things. It's just like, oh, that's the Chrysler building. That's a beach ball. That's my dead dog. Oh, he's alive now. Wait, what? Yeah, it's very, it, it, that would be pretty gross and pretty wild. But the other aspects of it is, yes, it does It does have very strong horror vibes, specifically uh, Eldritch Horror, mm -hmm. uh, which a lot of people are either passively familiar with or uh, just are, are deep into it. But Eldritch Horror is kind of think of like strange, weird horror, like the, the kind of un, unnatural things. And it has a lot of ties to H.P. Lovecraft, mm -hmm. uh, an author from the early 1900s, who is a very large figure in the history of horror. He's also a highly offensive racist that per that pervaded tons of his writing. Lots of podcasts have talked about it. That one that I uh, listened to called Imaginary Worlds, where they talk up to BIPOC uh, authors who are writing in that genre and and kind of how they and how they're subverting 
uh, sort of the history of of that genre and kind of and what was there with Lovecraft. But one of the more prominent figures from his work is uh, Cthulhu. You know, the kind of fun plushy things that were popping up everywhere the last 10 years. You know, I feel like he, if the HP Lovecraft came back, I feel he would hate two things, interracial relationships and what we've done to his monster. Yeah, it's, so Cthulhu is part of, uh, in, 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 the, in the lore for uh, his universes, was part of uh, the old gods. The other, uh, another term that gets thrown around, thrown around a lot with Lovecraft is cosmic horror. And Cosmic and Elder Tor kind of get intertwined a lot, but the one key difference with Cosmic Horror is there's a pervading sense of human irrelevance. Mm. And it's the kind of idea that, like, we are nothing to these beings. I remember reading a little that when it actually comes to Cthulhu, like, if you were to actually see Cthulhu, your mind goes to pudding and you lose all sense of sanity. Yeah, and... And so there, there is, like, Cthulhu is traditionally, like, he's sleeping underwater, and he's got very squid-like features, uh, and so you can, I, I see a lot of similarities between Guzzlord and that sort of idea of, like, this kind of big, monstrous creature, this overwhelming force, but I see a lot of ties between Cosmic Horror and the Ultra Beasts overall, because, like I said, Cosmic Horror, one of the pervasive themes is human irrelevance, Mm-hmm. And so if you think about the Ultra Beasts, when they come through, they are, like, arguably some of the most powerful beings in our world when they come here. That right? HP, though. They're, they're like, they're, but, like, and again, the idea that these are just, these are the weakest, or the, the most common, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, these, are, these aren't even, like, the quote-unquote legendaries of their, their worlds. They're, that gives the feeling that there are these like hyper powerful things out there that could just like come through and, and wreck destruction if they so chose. That is terrifying. If Lunala or Sogaleo uh, just like punch the wrong wormhole, you know? Mm-hmm. So I see a little bit of that tie because like Nihiligo wrecks so much in like a couple days. Mm-hmm. And it's just this little like rock jellyfish. Yeah, it doesn't do much. And then you just put it into our world and it just wrecks havoc. Yeah, so that I, I see some ties between Cosmic Horror and the Ultra Beasts overall. Guzzlord himself, he just likes to eat. He's just a hungry boy. Yeah, but he just he is the consumer of all. There's just yes. nothing. He just has an appetite. You know what? Let's set him up to a golden corral, and it'll just be he'll stay there. I don't understand how you can have more than one of these in a world, though, and still have the world. Uh, what if the world is constantly generating at a faster rate? What if time moves ah. differently? There you go. There you go. You scienced it for me. Yay. So back to sciencing things. Um, how I know your thoughts on mosquitoes. How are your thoughts on cockroaches? Uh, like, I don't love them, but I don't, like, freak out about them. They are one of the most feared organisms on Earth, especially to Americans who aren't, like, super familiar with large insects living around them. To people who are actually, like, in Florida, so restaurant secret, there are so many cockroaches in Florida that we, at the restaurant industry, there is a limit to the number of cockroaches that can be in a restaurant. Not like there can be no cockroaches. Yeah. Like there has to be, like if there's only like one or two, it's like, oh, you guys passed with flying colors. Like you can't get rid of them. You can't stop them. Yeah. Like they are one of the hardiest creatures. There's a reason every time someone brings up a nuclear bomb, it's like only the roaches will be left. Like they're, they're hardy buggers. Now, Pheromosa is a cockroach. 
uh, the white color of her, a lot of people commented that to um, when a cockroach molts, they are all white before they get their pigmentation back. It's it's actually really creepy. Yeah, look, it somehow looks less dangerous, which I guess is kind of what they went for from an art design. Like if you made it this brown, gross thing, people would probably try and kill it instead of catch it. But I think by giving it that white color, that sleek supermodel look, like it's it's got some looks. And like Buzzwold, like Guzzwold, like all the others, it's super common. And it might be a bit presumptuous for me to say, but this is probably the most feared bug type in the game as well. Like I can't think of another bug type that actually does as much hard work as a Pheromosa does from a battle perspective. I mean, Wolfie put in work with that hustle Durant. I mean, that's true, but that's Durant. Durant is just built on its ability to, you know, kick butt at a supersized level once you Dynamax it. Pheromosa, before Dynamaxing, just teared through everything you had. If you didn't have a Talonflame or something else back in the day, you're just kind of done. Like, this thing was so fast, but it's so brittle. But... Unlike a cockroach, when you get that HP down, it stays down. Yeah, no, that's not coming back up. That My Pheromosa constantly has a focus sash wrapped around its slim figure, just like, no, that is not going anywhere. You have yeah. to live through one hit. <laughs> now, the whole thing about them being super fast, they are one of the fastest insects on Earth. In 1991, they were able to record one going, get this, 5.4 kilometers per hour. That's, I mean, that's pretty fast i mean like it doesn't sound like much especially if you don't know the metric system but the comparison would be if you had a cockroach at human size it would run over 200 miles per hour for context of how fast that cockroach is going humans walk three to four miles per hour the average walking speed is three to four miles per hour and five kilometers per hour is about three miles per hour Mm -hmm. so that super fast cockroach was running as fast as like humans walk yeah, it's just... And they don't, have our, they don't have our stride length. Yeah, I mean, I'm just saying, it's still pretty fast. Yeah. Not tiger beetle fast. The tiger beetle is the fastest insect. It's so fast when it moves, it can't see. Like, its eyes cannot process the light coming through its eyes. It just runs that fast. It's just everything is light speed. It's just a blur. It's like that scene from Star Wars when you go into hyperspace. It's just yeah. that blur constantly. Uh, No, but again, it's just another one of those terrifying bugs that's apparently super common. But I like her energy. I don't know. I just like her strutting her stuff, doing her own thing. You go, girl. You do what you do. And then high jump kick to the face. Yeah, high jump kick or butt. I actually run special attack Pheromosa. No one sees it coming. Oh, look at you. Yeah, I go. it has the same special attack. So run an ice beam to kill the Landeros off and then go ahead Mm. and use the bug buzz on whatever else you need. Yeah. It works out alright. I don't. I don't know if would that be Don approved. I don't know, but I mean, it's it does have big number, so well, I feel I guess, like it, yeah. I guess its special attack is the same as its attack. So yeah. So it's like I, again, your guys' style involves strategy and planning. Me, it's about how can I mess with their heads? How can yeah. I trick them with big number? You. I think you're gonna talk about next my most hated uh, ultra beast. You hate this thing. I hate this thing you why do you hate stack attack i'm sorry forget the science why do you hate this thing i hate everything about it it's design uh no i don't actually don't mind the design uh i I, battle battling against it i hate it because Mm. i 
honestly, I really just hate Trick Room. Mm. And uh, I also like, he just ruins me. Like, I know he's not that hard to deal with if you have the right things. But for some reason, I never have the right things to deal with Stack Attacker. Mm. And he just ruins my life. I'm sorry. We all have that one Pokemon that does that. It's okay. But no, Stack Attacker is based in um, legendary folklore this time. This one is based in the Japanese yokai, the uh, Moku Mokurin. Uh, it translates to many, many eyes. So it, this yokai in the legends, it's basically a shoji screen door. So, you know, the, the typical screen doors you see in Japanese households when you think of Japan. Yeah. Now, it's one of those. But it's covered in eyes. And it really only appears when you don't take care of it. When it gets patchy and gross and you don't fix it, you start getting the eyes and they just stare at oh, you. Judging you. But most of the stories, they're harmless. Um, the big things I've seen about them is that they are a sign that others, other yokai will come. Less harmless ones will come. But I did find apparently one story where a man had the eyes and they were staring at him he chose to ignore them and just go to sleep when he woke up his eyes were gone yeah i don't i don't deal with i don't like that i don't like that at all that's some new there's some new horror for you yeah this is the new like you make sure you clean your house i don't know that feels like a very japanese story just from living here and the focus on cleanliness and keeping your space as clutter-free as possible hey patch up your door or it'll take your eyes what good night no, mom, no, no. <laughs> but also, that's a screen door. Stack Attacker is rock and steel. Is there any, like, is there anything that ties that to it? Honestly, I think they just went with the idea that it's, um, think about it almost like a living brick wall. And they don't really have too much connections from that to the yokai. They just knew, like, huh, we want to make something bulky and terrifying. Let's use this monstrosity from our own lore. So... Each block, according to the decks, is a living poke living creature. It's its own individual working together with the others to survive. So every single one of those eyes is a Pokemon, effectively. They're just all staying together. So it's a good wishy-washy. Yeah, but there is one animal that does this really well, and that's the Portuguese Man of War. So it's comprised of what we call zooids, and they come from the same fertilized egg. But... They change as they develop. While they're all genetically the same, a Portuguese man of war is made of a bunch of different organisms functioning together for a similar purpose. Even though they're all from the same genetic egg, they are going to be so differently functioning that they still work together, which to me is astounding. The Portuguese man of war isn't a true jelly. A Portuguese man of war is its own, it's part of the hydrozoans. It's a fascinating creature. Please don't pee on it if you get stung. Use vinegar. Please. I'm so tired of people peeing on their wounds. It gives me a headache. Ugh. One time I got I got stung by I got stung multiple times. Like I kicked a jellyfish mm -hmm. by accident and it slid down my leg. Ooh. Uh and so and they didn't have the cream or whatever, so they buried me in sand. And that actually helped. Hmm. Huh. Weren't to know. So that's stack attack. And now we do have one more. And it might be the most horrifying. Maybe. I love this one. I mean, like, from a science perspective and humans' personal fears perspective, it's pretty terrifying. Uh, so we have Poipol and Naganadel. Naganadel. I say Naganadel. Naganadel. Poipol and Naganadel. So 
This was the one we were mentioning earlier. This is the starter Pokemon of another universe. The 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 spooky universe. Yeah, like the it's not even that spooky when you look at Poipole at first. It's like, oh, it's kind of cute. Just kind of look at him. He's friendly. Like apparently, it's super likable. As someone who's been doing an entire series on like starter Pokemon to see if they're likable, this thing seems okay. But again. It is a reference to some pretty nasty bugs, like in our world. And then it evolves into a hypodermic needle. Yeah, it evolves into a wyvern mixed in with a parasitoid wasp. Now, if you're not familiar with what a wyvern is, a wyvern is a dragon where it doesn't have four legs and a wings. It has two legs and wings. So that's a wyvern. Done. Easy. But the parasitoid wasps... Oh, they are some of the nastiest creatures on this planet. So they are the wasps you think of that will sting something, deposit eggs, and then the eggs will develop inside the organism and then burst out alien style once they're done. There are mil- There's thousands of species of them. There's so many different kinds. And each parasitoid wasp has its own different prey that it will go after. So how, the, um, how I think Poipole is born is that Once it fully evolves, it'll find its host, whatever that host is, it will sting it, it will deposit the egg inside, and the egg will grow inside that Pokemon. Oh. Now, do you want the the G-rated version or the X-rated version of what what would happen? Give me the X-rated. X-rated, more than likely the egg would grow large enough and it would cause such organal displacement that it would rupture out and then hatch. Just like a Xenomorph. Yeah, pretty much. The G-rated version, what I think would happen is that when the Pokemon eventually develops its own egg, it would poop out two eggs. One of its own and one of Poipel. That's how I think. I mean, like, that's how Pokemon would probably get around them horribly dealing with it. But what's more interesting about these wasps isn't the sting itself and the ovipositor putting the egg in. It's how the organism is perfectly timed to that organism's body chemistry. So there are some that will literally hack the brain and make sure that the organism is going to stay alive long enough. Uh, One will literally shut down its immune system of its host in order to make sure that the body doesn't fight back, which can be seen as a form of HIV. The others will even go so far as to grow inside of the organism and just start eating away. But others, like if they go into a caterpillar, will wait until the caterpillar goes into the chrysalis. And then as it's turning into a butterfly, that's when it strikes. And instead of a butterfly coming out, it's a wasp. Okay. (laughs) Yeah, it's not great stuff. But again, as we've been stating, this is literally the starter. This is the basic set you are getting. The universes these things come from are horrifying. I don't want to go anywhere near them. This is messed up. Just how I, I think Pokemon did a really good job in that of saying like, oh, these are just the common. These are your Caterpies, your Pidgeys. This is the Charmander of this group. He's not going to do anything. I want to see what the legendaries look like just from morbid curiosity. Well, see, you say that and then it's like world ending. I mean, how many of the legendaries in our world are world ending when it comes to Pokemon? I mean, really? All of them, and they're gonna be like the the Dragonites of that world. So yeah, it's like oh no, like oh they see like uh they see Dialga and Palkia, like oh my gosh, you guys have your own version of this is like the Eevee of your world. Like excuse me, yeah, <laughs> we have a bunch of these. Here, give him a different rock. He'll turn into some other spectral form. Like 
<laughs> what? Yeah, this one t- ga- controls gravity. Like, oh, 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 God, yeah. What? What? What's gravity? <laughs> oh my God, I can only imagine just how creative Pokemon could get if they just had the multiverse thing. But I think we kind of we we kind of ran out of time with all of the. Obviously, there are more. Ultra I, I will say, I I will add one thing to uh, uh, Naganadal. Let's break down the name. One of my favorite things to do. Because there are two key words in this portmanteau of a name. Which, the first one is Naga. Which, traditionally, it's a creature tied to Hinduism, Buddhism, and Jainism. But it's often uh, half-human, half-serpent. Mm. And Nado is actually German for needle. So it's a uh, half-human snake needle. I think that it's more the, uh, the, the snake part. I don't see too many human aspects <laughs> of it. Uh, but you you said that uh, you 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 brought in the idea of a wyvern, right? Yes. And wyverns are also associated with snakes. Yes. So I think that is a very very apt comparison, but also a very very if you if you're familiar with your German and caught that the last part of that name, it is a very appropriate name. Oh. Okay, I think it's I would have picked up on that. For me, it's just needle scary. It from wasp. Yeah. It's, I mean, it is, that is definitely there, but it's, like you said, it's, it's many things. Yeah, again, and Pokemon doesn't have to take from one source. They take from a bunch. We've been saying that for years. And as much as I would love to go into the It Clown and the Origami Sword Grass Death Blade, I think we kind of ran out of time. We'll talk Pennywise another time. The, please, no. I hate clowns. <laughs> All right, let's head to the wrap-up. All right, guys, thanks for taking a listen. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Again, this was another requested episode. We see your reviews. We see what you guys want, and we like bringing it to you because, it's one, it's less work on us to think of something, and two, again, it shows that we want you guys to have input. We want you guys to give us ideas because this is we do this because we like it, but you guys listen because you like it too. I want to make sure you guys keep listening and enjoying it. Yeah, and and we've had some really good, uh, some really good episodes. Like the normal one was also one of my favorite ones to talk about. So mm-hmm. uh, I would say, like, one of the best ways, uh, or one of the ways that you all can help the show grow is by liking and, and reviewing the show in your your podcast app of choice. Uh, so if you could continue to to do that, that would be very helpful to us and uh, continuing to grow the show as as we move forward. Because we're in what year four now? Just about, yeah. Yeah, so we're still looking to grow. We've been growing every year. Uh, so if uh, getting your help in that is much appreciated. Mm-hmm. Again, we are always going to be trying to make more stuff with you guys, and we are trying to branch out more. We are looking into doing more conventions. We are looking into going out and making sure that we can actually meet some of you guys. Obviously, global pandemic going on still. We're going to try and be as careful with that as possible, but there will come a day. We will show up to conventions. Maybe this year. Maybe next year. But we will do it. And you'll be back from Japan. Yes, I hopefully we'll be back from Japan in 2022. Again, I like Japan a lot. But, I mean, I kind of miss nachos. Like, that's like a big thing for me. I, I haven't found a good plate of nachos here. And that has, that has devastated me. Well, you've got another year to work. And you got a new city, so who knows? Yeah, no, this city's great. If anyone wants to visit Osaka, get a vaccine. Then do it. Talib will say, uh, if you want to join, make sure to come out uh, or come to Twitch on this Friday at 9 Eastern Standard Time uh, mm-hmm. to join us as we 
keep going, uh, keep chugging along in Pokemon Snap, and we'll try to maybe we'll beat it. Maybe we'll find it. We got to get that Mew. Let's throw a pester ball at it. See what happens. <laughs> throw, give it some food. Give it a pester ball. Play the flute. That's all <laughs> the options you get. All right. So again, guys, thanks so much for listening. Have a wonderful rest of your day or night. Peace. <laughs>